So there's a big event coming up uh, in just a few weeks here in Tucson. Get your tickets now. Dinesh D'Souza. Everybody loves Dinesh D'Souza. Guy's phenomenal. Brave as hell. And he's going to be here in Tucson for an event presented by Viva Coffee House. Get your tickets at vivacoffeehouse.com. Not many left, but you can go get them. You can go get them. And Dinesh joins me right now. Good morning, Dinesh. How are you doing this morning? Uh, good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. I want to talk about everything, you know, how the hell you found out about Viva Coffee House and why you're coming to Tucson. But before all that, I mean, we had some major bombshells dropped yesterday uh, at the uh, at the Senate hearing for the uh, the, the Maricopa County audit. And uh, the response from the rhinos, the the Doug Ducey McCain Democrat rhinos on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors was those guys aren't even certified. We're not giving you anything that you want. Just shut up, finish your report, and we're going to sue you in court about it. Um, remarkable. But again, this is the time where we need more aggression. I think you tell me we need more aggression from these uh, rhino state senators we have to go after to go after these supervisors to get everything that is needed because there obviously was fraud here. There obviously was fraud, and how much fraud, uh, we'd love to know, because, you know, there are so many of us who have this gnawing feeling that something was just terribly wrong, not just in Arizona, but across the country. I mean, just start with the simple fact that all these uh, swing states stopped their count at exactly the same moment. How is that even possible? I mean, what is the probability that that could have occurred spontaneously. Somebody seems to have been coordinating this. Someone seems to have sort of given the order. And now when you bring a microscope and start looking a little more closely with a magnifying glass, you begin to notice that there are all these problems. So the kind of media's blithe assurance, the most secure election in history, you know, this all turns out to be smoke and mirrors, an effort to deflect our attention from what really happened in November 2020. Now, I don't understand the complicity of the Republicans with this. I mean, I understand why the Democrats want to declare, game over, let's not, you know, let's not look at the instant replay, but why Republicans would collaborate with the Democrats in trying to shut down inquiry, block efforts at finding out. This, to me, is, I must say, a complete mystery. Well, you know, and this is why I always say it's tough for people to know what's going on in certain areas, certain states, if they're not there on the ground. You know, you see these national interviews and, you know, they, they thought McCain was a good guy for all these years. Uh, and it's because, I mean, honestly, Doug, the, all these guys on the Maricopa County Board are buddy-buddy with Doug Ducey, who hates Donald Trump. Uh, Ducey and our Attorney General Bronovich, who wants to be elected to Senate here in Arizona, they couldn't wait to get the, these, uh, this election certified, to get the votes certified. They couldn't wait to do that. Um, it's like the rhinos were in full effect. There's still the McCain tentacles here in Arizona, and they'll do anything to take down the president. That's why this is happening. Well, are you saying, I mean, and this is an interesting question, you would probably know the answer to it better than me. I mean, is it the case that it's just purely a vendetta, it's bad blood, that Trump went out and strafed McCain and there was sort of this, these allegations and so, in a sense, the most powerful Republican family in Arizona is working to undermine the elected Republican president. I mean, what a bizarre spectacle. Uh, and to think that McCain himself was the GOP candidate, you know, just a, just a decade or so ago, very troubling. Um, and then we're seeing troubling signs out of other places. You know, in Pennsylvania, it seems quite obvious that it was the Attorney General, Bill Barr, who was torpedoing any serious investigation. He just uh, kept saying, well, turn over all the complaints to the Democratic Attorney General, who's obviously going to direct them straight into the waste paper basket. 
Yep, yep. You're right. And, and just, just remember, let me take you back, Dinesh. This is Dinesh D'Souza on KNST AM790, and I love that take on there. He's going to be uh, here in Tucson August 7th at an event uh, brought to you by Viva Coffee House. We're going to be a great place, by the way. It's a place called King and Gardens. Where are you going to be? It is absolutely beautiful in downtown Tucson, one of the rare beautiful places. Get your tickets at vivacoffeehouse.com. So if you recall, the McCain, uh, well, John McCain himself, remember he sent his emissary. He sent his emissary overseas to go get that fake Russian dossier, the phony Russian dossier that said Trump paid people to uh, hookers to pee on a bed where Obama and his wife slept. So McCain has always hated Trump. And Doug Ducey is a McCain protege. Like I when you get here, I can explain all this stuff. But that that is what's going on. So the globalists in John McCain and his uh, his McCain clan that's still around. Uh, and, and Doug Ducey, they wanted Trump gone. You know, when, he, when he's fighting China and, he, and he's costing the globalists money and power, they wanted him gone. I, I think that's, you know, one of the reasons this whole thing happened. And you saw it in Pennsylvania. You're, you're seeing some rhinos in Michigan try to hold, you know, hold off a, an audit. Same thing in Wisconsin. This needs to happen all over the country, Dinesh. Well, I think another point um, that we haven't talked about uh, is the role of the RNC, the Republican National Committee here. Now, I was sort of tipped off to this because, you know, I've been making movies in election years and in midterm years. Uh, and when I did my first film, which was called Obama's America, um, I tested it out with a group of independent voters to see the effects that it would have on them. And I noticed it made them rabidly anti-Obama. So I took the movie to the, to the Romney campaign. I said, hey, guys, you know what? I've got sort of a loaded gun, and I'm going to put it in your hands. I want you to just look at the film, look at the results of this independent test, and then see if you want to push the film out to independent voters across the country. This could make a decisive difference. And they couldn't have been less interested. Their point was, hey, Dinesh, what about if we use the film as a fundraising tool? You know, we'll let people send us $500 or $1,000. We'll send them a free copy of the DVD. And I'm like, that's not why I made the movie. It wasn't to help raise money for you guys. What are you raising money for if it's not to win the election? So my point is, you know, with the RNC, there are now some indications that they too might have wanted Trump to lose. Why? Because they flourish better as a fundraising operation with a Biden in power. Because people are fired up when the other side is in power. They're doing horrible things. Fear is a great weapon in fundraising. And so it is possible, and this is a terrifying idea, that the RNC, which is supposed to be the mechanism for raising money for our side to win, is in fact hoping that our side loses. Wow. Um, uh, Dinesh, that is, uh, I've never heard that before. They didn't want any part of that. It shows they want to, you're right, they want to lose. And by the way, just to add to that, uh, Romney's niece, Ronna McDaniel, the head of the RNC, is now in a uh, little battle. She's caught in a lie. It's come out that she never even thought Trump won. She didn't want Trump to fight back about election fraud. Jenna Ellis, one of the big-time Trump attorneys, uh, was now blocked on Twitter by Ronna McDaniel, and she called her out because there was an email from the RNC saying that they just they didn't want to even bother trying to help Trump uh, o- overturn the election. So, uh, well, I mean, this it's, is exactly it, what's got me thinking in this way because I, you know, I know Janice, Jenna. I'm going to have her on my podcast. By the way, I'm doing a daily podcast now, both audio yes. and video. But I'm going to have Jenna on next week to talk about exactly this. And the point here is that the RNC raised a whole bunch of money. I don't know the exact number, 80 million. I mean, some big number to fight election fraud. Well, what have they actually done to fight election fraud? I'd like to have an accounting of where this election fraud fundraising has actually gone. Um, for a lot of these guys, I'm sorry to say, politics is literally a business. They look at politics the same way that an entrepreneur may think about, you know, selling soap. And so they think of politics in terms not of really the substance, the ideas, the principles, 
bills, but simply of what's in it for them. You, you, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And there was a, an interview a couple of days ago, Doug Mastriano, state senator out there in Pennsylvania, said, I want to get an audit done. He was asked, has the RNC contacted you? He said, not once, not one time. That's crazy. By the way, what's your, what's your podcast where people can find it? Can they go on? I mean, there's Getter now, G-E-T-T-R.com. There's Rumble. You're all over Rumble. Where can people find your video and audio podcasts? So the audio, uh, if you want to listen to the podcast, it's available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on Google. It's also available on Spotify. Uh, but on video, I post it every day, both on YouTube and Rumble. So, um, so I've got about half my audience in audio and about half in video. Um, and, um, and I'm really having fun with it. I've never done anything quite like this before. I've now been doing the podcast for six months. And by the way, you know, since you're talking about my trip to Arizona, I have a connection to Arizona because when I came to America at the age of 17 as an exchange student. Um, I lived for a year in Patagonia, Arizona, right down south of Tucson, about 60 miles close to the Mexican border. Wow, no kidding. And you didn't become a hippie? <laughs> no, it was, a, it was kind of a wonderful, you know, in kind of initial look at America. And, of course, after that year, I lived with four different families over the course of a year. I went to public school, Patagonia Union High School. Um, and so I, I know that part of the country, Patagonia, Sonoida. I worked as a waiter in the steak restaurant over there called the Steakout. So I love Arizona, and that was my introduction to America. That is fantastic. Hey, Dinesh, I got to talk uh, to you more about this because I want to find out where you're going to do the event social media and censoring if the white house says they are now state-run propaganda with facebook um can you hang on for just uh just just one more segment with us if you don't mind yeah no problem all right cool dinesh d'souza who's who you're listening to and i want to find out how we found out about viva coffee house too got to find out about that because again dinesh is going to be at an event put on by uh, viva coffee house and it's going to be uh, at king and gardens in downtown tucson only way to get tickets is going to vivacoffeehouse.com. I'm going to be there Saturday, August 7th. We'll continue on KNST. Morning Ritual, Garrett Lewis continuing here on KNST AM 792, Sound's most stimulating talk. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza joins me now again. He's on Rumble. He's on Twitter. He's on Getter. He's on Facebook. He's everywhere. He's on YouTube. You name it. And he's going to be here again in Tucson, Saturday, August 7th, brought to you by Viva Coffee House. Uh, buy the tickets to see the event. We'll find out what it's going to be like. A great three-hour event with Dinesh. Uh, go to vivacoffeehouse.com to buy them. Um, so, Dinesh, how did you find out about Viva Coffee House? What is bringing you here? Well, the, um, the uh, fellow who uh, runs the Viva Coffee House, uh, Kelly uh, Walker, uh, contacted me, and he kind of uh, sent me some stuff about how the Viva Coffee House is a little bit of a nerve center of organization for conservative. He's like, you know, we, you know, we're, we want to be part of the, um, the, the kind of battle war room, if you will. And so I was kind of intrigued by the idea. I think it's really cool that you've got a place, particularly when there's so much harassment, so much intimidation, so much censorship. Uh, conservatives need to develop our own institutions. And I think uh, the symbol of the coffee house, to me, the idea where people can kind of hang out and chat, the original notion of, I mean, think about the famous role played by French coffee houses like in French intellectual life or the role of the pub in, in England in fostering discussion. So to me, the Viva Coffee House is sort of a symbol, if you will, of real conversation, real argument at a time when so little of that is happening in the country. Uh, and so then when Kelly told me about the lecture series and the idea of bringing me to Tucson, um, I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. And so that's kind of what got this going. And uh, then, of course, I have got 
got my own ties to Arizona, so I'll be kind of back in my old neck of the woods, so to speak. Oh, that that is very cool, man. Uh, next time you should definitely come in like the fall or the winter. Uh, August seventh might be a bit warm, but it's going to be. It'll, you, but you know this, and it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so, w- what should we expect? By the way, before we get to some more, uh, you know, things going on in the news, what should we expect at the event? Well, I mean, all my all my events are sort of like Dinesh Unchained, you know. So, in the podcast, I give a kind of daily tidbit, a daily reaction and interpretation of events. But I think when I when I do a, a talk like this, I'm going to try to put all the pieces together, uh, give a kind of clear-eyed view of what's really going on, uh, and then try to lay out a path for for our side and for our team uh, to go forward. I mean, by by no means have we lost the country. We we've, we've we've suffered some real setbacks, and you know we want before the election that, that bad things would happen if the Biden guys got in there. Uh, and boy, were we, you know, right about that. Uh, but nevertheless, I think that there are good things that we can do to subvert them, block and tackle them, undermine them, but also, very importantly, create our own institutions. You know, uh, and this is really interesting, and Dinesh D'Souza is on KNST AM 790, because um, people are, are, they freaked out, you know, obviously when the election, I believe, was stolen, and, and they, they freaked out a little bit when the border's wide open, it's terrible, and it's, it's still bad. Um, and all these threats and the, you know, SR1 and HR1 or S1 and SR, HR1 to federalize elections. But it seems like the Biden administration, um, it, it's getting slapped back. It seems like America, like we're seeing that the country is not lost. We're not a bunch of Marxists. We're not a bunch of commies. It seems like a lot of people are actually stepping up. I mean, it, it's almost like we're, we're also winning the culture war when it comes. Like, I've never seen such an aggressive culture war against critical race theory, transgender stuff with the bathrooms. I really think that the country is speaking, and it's not even a left-right thing. It's an American thing. I think that's all true. Listen, they wouldn't have to have this whole regime of censorship um, if they had nothing to worry about. The reason that they censor us is they have a lot to worry about. That's why they have to sort of shut us up. Now, to me, the very lucky thing and the silver lining, if you will, of the COVID lockdowns is that parents are home and they're conducting these classes online. See, normally the teachers can, can push this propaganda on the kids and the parents have no idea about it. Why? Because they're not in the classroom. They're going to work or they're doing other stuff. But now you kind of walk, you know, and you look peek into Johnny's room and he's getting his instruction online. You suddenly realize, what the heck? What, what are they teaching? You know, so suddenly the parents have direct access to these, to what the kind of indoctrination, the propaganda, the sheer barbarity and perversity of what's being taught. And so the parents are like, I can't even believe this, and I'm paying for it. So by and large, this has been happening at the campus level, but it's now it's kind of penetrated down into the schools. And I think it's wonderful to see this kind of populist uprising against it. And you can tell the left is freaked out about it. I, 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 you know, they, they are freaked out about it. I mean, there's not even any fear. Yesterday, Jen, Jen Psaki comes up and says, we're telling Facebook what the right information about COVID is is and that's what they're going to allow and we tell them what's misinformation i mean if, if anything about it, we have a guy named blake masters who is running for senate here who is a he's peter Thiel's right hand man uh, i mean he, he is he's a 34 year old guy that is just brilliant and he he wants he's dealt with facebook and twitter and all these guys and he wants them broken up that's one of his big things to get elected to the senate because he sees this kind of unfair censorship and this this stifling of information well, I was really happy in a weird way to see what Jen Psaki said. You know why? Because it provides now the, the rationale for the Supreme Court to shut this stuff down. See, the problem is that the First Amendment um, does not 
The first amendment is a restriction on the government. Congress shall make no law. And Congress here doesn't just mean Congress, it means the executive branch, but it refers broadly to the government. Now, for years, Facebook and Twitter are saying, well, we're not the government, we're, we're private institutions. But the key point is if Facebook and Twitter and these platforms are working in cahoots with the government, and the government is sort of instructing them, ban this guy, censor that guy, then it's very clear that the government itself is uh, restricting speech and using private platforms to do that. And there's over 50 years of, of law that basically says that the government cannot act in an unconstitutional manner by recruiting private actors to do what the government itself is forbidden to do. It's uh, it's it's I hope I hope it goes all the way there. I hope President Trump uh, with his lawsuit now, especially after what they did yesterday, really gains steam. Um, I think it's fantastic. La- uh, last one for me. Uh, 2024. I think obviously it's going to be either Trump or DeSantis. Either way, I don't think we lose. Do you think Trump gets back into this if his health is good? It seems to me that Trump is is certainly like champing at the bit. I mean, I see every indication that he wants to run. Now, I do think that Trump is a man of great strengths, but he also is a man of substantial weaknesses, and we should not. I mean, I've been kind of a Trumpster. Trump pardoned me. I owe a lot to Trump, but that doesn't sort of make me blind to the fact that, you know, Trump is raging against all these guys. He's raging against Cohen. He's raging against General Milley. He's raging against Bill Barr. Well, who put all those people into place? So yeah. one of Trump's weaknesses, and, you know, it's possible to learn from these weaknesses. Listen, you've got to appoint people who are going to carry out your agenda. You can't appoint people and turn around and go, wow, I, don't believe, I can't believe the way this guy is acting. You're the person who put them there. Yep, and, and that, that is the one thing. He, you know, as a salesman, I think he thinks that he can talk people into doing what he wants, but it doesn't work that way in the government sector, especially the swamp. You know, those people are out for themselves and, and what they want as an agenda. Whereas a guy like DeSantis, I think he gets government in that aspect, you know, and, and I think either way we, we're all right, but um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Dinesh, I can't wait till you get here in, uh, in, in August, August 7th, Viva Coffeehouse, a great Saturday night event. Go to VivaCoffeehouse.com, buy your tickets. And Dinesh D'Souza podcast, over 100 episodes available, video, now you have the audio. It's fun doing, like, po- I mean, podcast is kind of like radio. It's, it's just something fun. It's so old, but it's so relevant and it's so freeing. Isn't, isn't it a fun thing to do? I, I, I love doing the podcast. Debbie, my wife, is my producer. So we basically walk, go to a local studio, and we just sort of let it all fly. And so, uh, you know, in the past, I do the periodic book, the periodic speech, the periodic movie, but I haven't had a regular platform. So the podcast is kind of a way for me to, well, push the envelope a little bit. Yep, and it, it's so much fun. So uh, go catch the Dinesh D'Souza podcast. Uh, Dinesh, really thank you uh, for the time this morning, and, I, I, and I'll see you in just, uh, just a few weeks. I'm looking forward to it. Same here. Thank you so much, man. Have a great weekend. That is uh, Dinesh D'Souza. Um, and again, buy your tickets for the great event that's going to take place Saturday, August 7th in downtown Tucson at VivaCoffeeHouse.com.